0: And a warm welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in today. I just was having one of those delicious Honeycrisp apples, and I thought, mm, boy, is this good. And I was reading a study that the most popular vegetable in America is, drumroll, corn. And they surveyed 2,000 Americans, and they were asked which vegetables they liked and disliked. And uh, 91% said they liked corn. Potatoes came in second. Carrots and tomatoes were third. And then onions and green beans. And then the least favorite was turnips. Who eats turnips? I don't think I've had a turnip in a while. And then they don't like other root veggies. Beets were a close second on the dislike dislike list, and radishes were in there too. Brussels sprouts, excuse me, I love those. Especially if you put them in the Dutch oven with a little olive oil, and then they kind of burn on the bottom. Those are good. This shocked me. One, they they surveyed 2,000 people. One out of said they've never eaten vegetables in their life.
1: Hmm.
0: I I saw his french fries doesn't count. That's shocking. I think uh, that might say something about the American diet. We need more veggies. So as you're getting ready for dinner tonight, make sure you make some veggies, something It's good for you. We're going to take a little break, and then Rob Louie is out today. He's got something going on, but Jared Stepman is stepping in for him. So we'll take 60 seconds and bring on Jared. Hi, this is Bill Arnold. You know, for 70 years, Faith Radio has been a trusted voice sharing the good news of the gospel, lifting up the name of Jesus, and helping listeners grow in their faith. God has been faithful to this ministry, thanks to the financial investment of thousands of friends just like you. Your partnership is still needed for the work ahead. Join us today with a gift at MyFaithRadio.com or by calling 877-93-FAITH. Thank you. There's power when coming together. When hearts and minds are joined behind a common cause, a common passion, a common hope, there's a spirit that takes flight and moves you to action in ways you just couldn't move by yourself. That's why every baseball team still playing wants the home field advantage the crowd will give them. Why worshiping together moves you in ways solitude can't. And why listening to Faith Radio and gleaning from the insights and experiences of a community truly connects faith to life. Faith Radio. I love Tuesdays because you know I always get a chance to talk to Rob Bluey, executive editor of The Daily Signal. Rob is out today, but standing in for Rob is Jarrett Stepman, who's been a regular guest on the show as well. Always happy to talk to Jarrett. Jared, welcome.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Well, let's start with uh, the first order of business. Um, You have recently uh, got your first book out called The War on History, The Conspiracy to Rewrite America's Past. Please tell me about that.
1: Well thank you very much. Yes, it just it just got released. Uh it's a book about a lot of the attacks I think that have been ramping up on, on American history and American historical figures. Uh I basically go back and explain how and why this is happening, why we've seen so many attacks on uh different monuments that unfortunately have escalated over time where we're seeing, you know, wild things like Christopher Columbus statues come down to even George Washington now has come under attack. And I really go through in my book, The The War on History and explain again, why, why this is happening now, and I explained why we once uh, defended these individuals and defended these heroes of America's past, and why it's important to, to hold to the ideals and the, the beliefs and ideas that are at the heart of what America is.
0: I love it, and you've got me very interested. Can you give me a little uh, tease, a little sample of maybe a, an example of one of the monuments that were attack, was attacked and, and your work behind it?
1: Absolutely. I think a big one coming up, uh, I start talking about Christopher Columbus and Columbus Day. Uh, of course, that holiday is coming up, and uh, I think this is something that at one time Americans once, almost universally uh, share love for, for Christopher Columbus. I mean, after all, our nation's capital is the District of Columbia. My office actually at the Heritage Foundation overlooks a, a Columbus circle in front of Union Station, a statue of Columbus. Uh, But I think he's really – his legacy is under attack. People, I think, have unfairly called him uh, genocidal. They say that he shouldn't have maybe made the voyage to the new world and unleashed terrible things. And I think a lot of these attacks on Columbus have been very much unfair. They're they're based on a lot of distorted history. And at one time, though, Columbus has had his, his detractors in the past. I think it's really ramped up in recent years. I think a a recent poll came out about opinion on uh, college campuses, and I think now a large majority believe that we should get rid of uh, any connection to Columbus and we should end the practice of having uh, Columbus Day. And really, he's just the first of of many uh, historical figures. And I I work my way through American history. I talk about uh, the Pilgrims and the Puritans and their legacy that's under attack, I talk about the Founding Fathers and I explain why these individuals were so celebrated by Americans. They're part of our our kind of national tradition. There was something that, you know, obviously all these individuals and people were flawed as all people are, but they they gave us something wonderful and great, which is the country we have today.
0: Why do a percentage of Americans want their past just to be written off the books?
1: I think they see America as as fundamentally broken from the, the beginning. I mean, I think they see it, Uh, as America has rotten roots, that a lot of the the problems that we see today are are basically buried in our country's past. And they think that simply by washing away the past that we somehow will move on to some kind of perfect future, that these things won't exist anymore. And I think that's very much against human nature and and the nature of mankind. I think it's a very short-sighted thing. I think that we as a people can come to appreciate and, and give tribute to those in our history and past who, who were very much flawed, you can you can see that you know we can acknowledge that they weren't perfect certainly, and that many of the individuals they were human beings after all. Yet they gave us so many great things. It's worthwhile celebrating those things and passing on that tradition and being thankful for those who came before us who who gave us a a prosperous country, a a shining city upon a hill, as John Winthrop said in his speech uh, on Christian charity when he sailed across the Atlantic Ocean.
0: So. Jared, do they send those messages from their cell phones on how America is broken as their cell phones connect to a satellite in space and they, you know, overlook all the medicine that has pretty much saved their lives and made their world better and everything else? I mean, are they they mad at all that stuff, too?
1: Well, see, that's the thing. I think they they go after, you know, the, I guess, low-hanging fruit of an inanimate statue. But I do wonder, uh, are they willing to sacrifice all the things that those individuals they're attacking have brought to them? You know, how quickly they turn around uh, when it's something of their interest immediate that is under threat, Uh, how quickly they they turn tail. I I do think of, you know, all the brave people and all the brilliant people who have brought us these incredible things, the sacrifices they made, the courage that they actually had to have. And I wonder if these people who attacked those in the past, you know, have the same kind of courage of conviction. I mean, if they had to make the tough choices uh, that ultimately led to success for our country you know, would they be able to stand for those things? Would they be able to make the creations and inventions that you know people like? Uh, I mentioned Henry Ford in my book. I mean, you know, obviously, I think for a lot of them, they, they haven't accomplished anything, and I think they kind of turn their grievance on people. Of the past, they say, well, we're better than them because you know we're more enlightened. We live here in 2019, and I think that's a really foolish notion to have.
0: No kidding. And then what would it be like for them to take a trip to uh, Normandy or Omaha Beach and go to the towns and see an unprecedented number of American flags in those towns?
1: It would be, I think, something. And I think that's something obviously neglected. I mean, you know, we can we can go back and say that Americans in the past, even, you know, the World War generation had some views that maybe Americans today don't have. but you know, look at the sacrifice. I mean, look at, you know, what that flag has represented. I mean, we can only, I mean, we can even look today. I mean, the people in in Hong Kong who wave American flags, they understand what those things symbolize. They may not know everything about our past, what we are, but they know what the United States has symbolized. And, you know, it took, for many parts, a lot of brave brave Americans, many of whom died, uh, so that they can have the freedom even to speak. I mean, that's, you know, some of these things we take, I mean, just remarkably for granted. I mean, these are not the outlier in history is freedom, and the outlier is prosperity. The norm has been often tyranny. The norm has been misery, and I think that we we lose sight of that because we we do have things very good, and I think that's why it's important. You know, we have traditions and holidays like Thanksgiving. It's important to step back, uh, I would hope, more than one day a year and say, you know, we're really thankful for the things that we have been given in our lives, and many times that came from other people, and and I, I think that that is, that is very much lacking in society that now uh, relies more on grievance than thankfulness.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, Jared, shouldn't be the goal to learn and to have civil discourse versus just to try to erase all these monuments and these people?
1: Absolutely, and I think that's a big thing, too. We can learn from the past, you know, even if we think that, you know, figures that were once celebrated have deep flaws and maybe we disagree with them. Well, how much are we going to know about those things if we tear down their statues, if we tear down any reference to them, and if we can't even deal with the complexities of the past? I mean, do we have to constantly reshape the past and reframe it uh, based on modern sensibility, so to speak? No, we should let it speak for itself. I mean, we should let the past speak for itself without having to destroy it and mangle it. And I think there are a lot of people, unfortunately, some with I think, very ideological reasons who want to twist that path. They want to fit it into a nice a bubble, and I, I think that's very much wrong. I think there's, we, we lose so much, and we lose so much about, ultimately, which that will help us going into the future.
0: Mm-hmm. Jared Steppins, my guest, he is a contributor to The Daily Signal and co-host of the Right Side of History podcast. He also has just released a book called The War on History, The Conspiracy to Rewrite America's Past. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, lots more with Jared. Welcome back to the show. Jared Stepman is my guest. He is a contributor to the Daily Signal, co-host of the Right Side of History podcast, and he is doing the duty of standing in for Rob Louie today, who is my normal and regular guest on Tuesdays. Uh, again, I just want to say, Jared, congratulations on your book. I do want to ask you about a couple of things going on in your hometown. Uh, there's lots of talk on impeachment, and Adam Sh- uh, Representative Adam Schiff is leading this uh, brigade, and he has got kind of a uh pretty favorable history of of impeachment doesn't he
1: uh, he actually does he's he's been on a uh a committee in, in the house essentially to Uh, deal with uh, impeachment investigations. Of course, impeachment isn't something that's been used a whole lot, but it it doesn't just apply to the presidency. I think some people forget it actually applies to uh, judges and things like that. He's actually gone through impeachment a couple times in the past, including two uh, judges, federal judges. In fact, he actually got one to completion. He actually outright impeached one of them, who was uh, accused of uh, sexual misconduct, among other things, Uh, The Senate actually voted to remove this officer. The the other one, uh, where they did try to have an impeachment uh, for fraud and things like this, eventually did resign. Um, Of course, getting rid of a uh, federal judge is definitely a different uh, situation than going that next step and trying to remove a president from office, which, of course, has never actually happened. We've had uh, two impeachments in our history that have passed the House, but we've never had one a president who was actually uh, voted for impeachment and removed from office. So that that would be impre- unprecedented. But uh, certainly in our history, we've removed uh, more than a few judges.
0: Yeah. Jared, in the Daily Signal, and go to dailysignal.com if you want to read this story for yourself. Uh, Jared's written a, on a story on the NBA and the shameful hypocrisy over China. Would you give our listeners a little um, understanding of what this is all about?
1: Started with the general manager of the Houston Rockets, which is an NBA team, voicing uh, support for the pro democracy movement that's going on in Hong Kong. It was a very simple statement, not really critical of China, simply supporting hong kong Mm -hmm. uh immediately there was a reaction from the chinese government there was china the rockets were basically it's threatened to be banned in china and they're very very popular in that country uh the nba actually issued what i I basically amounted to an apology over the statement and there's several players also uh came out and essentially apologized i i think it's uh it's an incredible situation especially given that I mean, this is a man basically saying that he supports freedom uh, and that he's been cracked down upon. Uh, And it really is opening up a huge uh, cultural wedge issue. I think a lot of Americans have come out in support of the Rockets General Manager from all over the political spectrum. Uh, This idea that a a foreign authoritarian regime can step into American politics and essentially – or into our our lives essentially and and shut somebody down and threaten – uh, a business like the MBA and, and get that done, I think is disturbing to many Americans. And I think is a, a kind of a wake up call. I mean, this does happen to businesses all the time that do business in China. I mean, if they, they have to go through the Chinese censors, which are often uh, very much ruthless.
0: Mm-hmm. Speaking of China, they just had a 70th anniversary of their communism. And tell me what the word is in Washington about the president's Tweet congratulating President Xi and the Chinese people on their 70th anniversary of the People's Republic of China. It seems like.
1: Yeah, you know, these these announcements are kind of generic and basic. A lot of presidents do that, but I think there's a lot of disappointment over this tweet. I mean, you know, we're talking now about the NBA in China, and we do need to be reminded that, you know, after 70 years of this regime, uh, this communist authoritarian regime, you know, the kind of atrocities that have been committed. Under that, the, the, that brutal regime, I mean, obviously we think of Chairman Mao, but even up until to today, I mean, we, today we have, of course, one that is brutally repressive to, I mean, I mean Christians, Muslims. I mean, they actually have people in uh, what amounts to little more than concentration camps in, part, in parts of China. They, they've been accused of organ harvesting and all these uh, enforced abortions, I mean, really terrible things, and it's a reminder – uh, today, that while China has been very much integrated into the kind of global financial system, they are still ultimately a, a communist regime. They have not abandoned what they say is is communism. They have communism. They have not abandoned the authoritarianism, uh, and this regime that has led to the deaths of millions of people. So I, I think it's very much important uh, to keep the, the, that in mind. We we have in Washington D.C. I think very fortunately. Uh, the Victims of Communism Memorial, uh, and and I think that's a, it's a great thing, especially if you do come to Washington D.C. to get a chance to visit a little reminder of what this ideology has ultimately meant uh, for human beings.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, Jared, I know the Supreme Court returned uh, after its summer uh, break on Monday, and did I hear that uh, uh, Judge Thomas is did not show up because he's not feeling good?
1: Uh, that's possible, though. I, I think that ultimately, if there's any concern as far as whether he's going to actually uh, cast a vote in a lot of these decisions, I think that that is without question that he will he will be there for that. That he will be able to cast his vote. And there are certainly a lot of big decisions in this upcoming term. I, I know it always kind of it always kind of seems like there are, there are big decisions on the way, but there are a lot of ones that relate to I think Second Amendment rights. There's a very big case coming from New York. Uh, there's there's one case that has to deal with uh, whether or not uh, sexual identity and, and gender identity will be considered under the Civil Rights Act as uh, equal protection under the Civil Rights Act. So there are a lot of big cases coming down uh, during this term. So which will of course not all come at the same time. We'll we'll kind of see those throughout the summer.
0: What uh, case in particular are you, are you most interested in following?
1: Uh, well, I, I, as I said, I think that I think that especially that the one about uh, gay rights and uh, um, and the Civil Rights Act, I okay. think is definitely one of the bigger ones there. And, and I think that, I, and we'll see. I mean, if this court is now the first court that we've had with, of course, uh, a lot of decisions be the first you know where a lot of these cases are tried with uh, Justice Kavanaugh on the court. And I think so. I think there's going to be a lot of I, I wouldn't say surprises with the Supreme Court. I mean, you know, of course, you know, the, the composition is what it is. But I think, you know, of course, there's going to be a lot of debate on these decisions, and, and we'll kind of see how they come out. hmm And
0: I think there's a—President uh, Trump is making a visit to Minneapolis, my hometown, coming up on Thursday this week, so that'll be interesting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, you know, President Trump— likes to visit across America not to spend time in Washington, D.C. I think that's something that uh, hopefully a lot of politicians around the country uh, can know as well. Uh, Obviously, he's he's been certainly uh, under attack as far as these uh, impeachment allegations, as far as the the phone call with the Ukrainian president. Um, But, you know, it seems like a lot of Americans still certainly uh, are are out and support the president. But... Uh, you know, we certainly have a very polarized environment in this country, and the media uh, establishment has generally, of course, portrayed him negatively, but a lot of Americans, I think, still ultimately support the president at the time.
0: Mm-hmm. I know there hasn't been a Republican um, president in Minnesota forever. I think Nixon was the last one, so uh, he would love nothing more than to turn Minnesota uh, Republican. I'm not sure that will happen in the upcoming election, but he's sure working hard at it.
1: Well, certainly, I, I think you know sometimes there there are always surprises in politics. I mean, we we didn't a lot of people didn't think states like Michigan or Pennsylvania could flip. I, I to me, I, you know, I I've always been a very big defender of the Electoral College and the institution, and many people want to get rid of it today. But I, I think that is do people say that oh, a state is one way or another; and it doesn't matter if a president campaigns here or there. But we saw in this last election, I mean, sometimes states do flip. I mean, uh, issues change, different candidates appeal to different regions, and sometimes a state will, that has been red for a long time will go blue and, and vice versa. So our, our politics are not stagnant in this country. I mean, people change their positions, people move. Uh, and so it is very much uh, – it is remarkable that, that President Trump, uh, a Republican president, is campaigning in Minnesota, but as we've seen with a lot of states in the region – um, perhaps many of them are ripe to political change.
0: Jared, mm-hmm. what else is on your desk that you're looking forward to this week or this fall?
1: Well, I, I, as I said, I think that coming up uh, Columbus Day, I think, is, is, is certainly going to be big. There's going to be a lot of controversy over Columbus Day. Obviously, it ties in with my book, The War yeah. on History, but I think you're going to see a lot of schools— uh, try to change Columbus Day to in so-called Indigenous Peoples Day and things like this. And I think that's going to be a fairly big media storm at the time. I mean, we'll see if any presidential candidates actually chime in on this issue. But, you know, I do think a lot of these kind of battles over culture and history and things like that are uh, among the most important in our country. I mean, we, we talk about a lot about what's going on in Congress and things like that, but, you know, what we are as a country, who we are as a people, our, our, our culture, and the things that, that we hold to be uh, most valuable to us uh, are sometimes the most important things. And mm-hmm. So that's definitely something that, you know, this fall that is going to be very much important to me.
0: I love it. You know, Jarrett, usually when I finish with Rob Louie, the last thing I ask him is, uh, you know, Rob, how are your kids? So maybe I'll just ask you, how are Rob's kids?
1: Ro kids are doing very well he's a he's a very proud father I know he is um and he he certainly is uh unfortunately his his favorite baseball team the Pittsburgh Pirates did not make the playoffs his, his little boys are probably a little disappointed by that but you know it's as people who follow sports, generally, there's, there's usually a lot of disappointment, but one one uh, team's fan base will be very excited at the end of the season. It's just, unfortunately, it's usually not mine.
0: Yeah, I know, and my Minnesota Twins lost last night to the Yankees, so their season is done, so I know some of the pain. <laughs>
1: well, as an Oakland A's fan, uh, I definitely know some of the pain, too. It has not been uh, <laughs> successful in the playoffs, so... You know, that's life, unless you're, I guess you're a Yankees fan. Yeah,
0: let me just remind uh, my listeners that Jarrett Stepman's new book is called The War on History, The Conspiracy to Rewrite America's Past, available right now. You can go to Amazon and pick it up. Jarrett, thanks for doing the show.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah,
0: have a great day. Jarrett Stepman, again, has been my guest. Go to DailySignal.com to learn more about Jarrett and his writing. We'll take a short break and be right back. Welcome back to the show. Adam Weber is my guest. Go to AdamWeber.com to learn all about him and his ministry. It's amazing. He's amazing. He's the lead pastor at Embrace Church. They've got a whole bunch of campuses. I'm always delighted to have him on the show. Adam, welcome back.
2: Bill, it's it's so good to be back. Okay, so I've missed our I've I've missed our friendship.
0: Thank you. So have I. Here's a letter from (laughs) Al, one of our listeners named Al. He sends me this letter and he says, Hi, Bill, love your show. Can you Get back on the air, Dr. Hugh Ross and Adam Weber, two guests I love to hear.
2: Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Al, Al, thanks for making my day, Al.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, people miss you when you don't show up on, on the show for a while. They start, they start sending me notes going, what's up? Get Adam Weber back actually,
2: on. Actually, that letter might have come from my mom. Maybe she <laughs> wrote...
0: <laughs> All right, let's catch up. How was your summer?
2: My summer was fantastic. Okay. Uh, truly, one of the best one of the best summers I think I can ever remember.
0: Okay, and why?
2: Uh, for a bunch of different reasons. Just a great summer, even in my own relationship with with, with Jesus. Just, okay. j- just been a good, re- just wonderful season there um, with family. We took our first true family road trip, which I was a little worried about going into. Um, we drove from South Dakota to Kentucky and back. And it was wonderful. Oh, I went good. to school in I went to school in Kentucky, so we went back, did all the memories there. Uh, my wife and I celebrated 15 years uh, in August, and so we went on our first true trip together for that. I, we didn't even take a honeymoon nice. when we got married, so I owed her for 15 years a legitimate trip. So we did that. Um, and then it's just been a wonderful season in the church. And so I have so many reasons to be thankful.
0: So, Adam, where does a romantic guy like you take his wife on his 15th anniversary? Where'd you guys go?
2: So I, uh, this is not a normal. I'm just going to put that out there. Okay. I do not normally take okay. trips like this. We got a chance to go on a trip, an eight-day cruise in the Mediterranean. Oh, wow. So, again, not a normal thing. Yeah. I basically, I basically got an email that said if you pay for the airfare for you and your wife, everything else is covered. Nice. And so we experienced Italy, Malta. Oh. Malta. Malta's where Paul got shipwrecked, and uh, turns out he landed on the most beautiful island ever. <laughs> so, okay. So maybe being shipwrecked is not that big of a deal, I, I guess, or something like that, because it was gorgeous. So I went to Greece, got to see all kinds of beautiful places. It was awesome.
0: Yeah, and the buffet? How was that?
2: Uh, the buffet was incredible. <laughs> okay. I, I I needed to go on a diet after they, they cruise, but other than that, it was it was good for my health. So.
0: <laughs> and was that your first time on a ship?
2: First, we had actually gone on a small cruise. Okay. With Becky with Becky's family when we were when I was in school. Okay. Um, but it was it was a smaller cruise. It wasn't just the two of us. So this was uh, this was definitely a step up in many different ways.
0: Yep, and it sounds like uh, you had a wonderful time, and and it was a, a really special time just to be alone with your wife and kind of put everything aside and and not think about much, right?
2: I I legitimately for anyone listening that's married to find a way. It might not be an eight-day cruise. It might just be a weekend. We held hands more in mm. eight days than we than we have in the last eight years combined, oh, which is so a little sweet. bit embarrassing to say. But I, I, it just really reminded me as a married person to find time to spend with your spouse and to make it a priority. And I honestly haven't done great at that. And we are it, year fifteen was the best year for us as a married couple, and it's because I think both of us, but myself specifically, really made it a priority. And so it was it was awesome. It was so good for us.
0: Oh, that sounds just wonderful. So thank you for sharing that because it's really good to hear that those kinds of positive stories and encouraging um news of, of couples that just love each other and want to hold hands on their fifteenth anniversary.
2: Oh yeah. It's never it's never too late to start dating your spouse again. Yeah. Like I just it's you get in it's like we've been married 15 years we can't switch up the game now yeah you can like you can make changes now in your relationship and you can you can begin to really put your marriage on the forefront even now Um, even if you're you're at a hard place in your marriage Becky and I are at a wonderful place but you might be in a hard place even now it's not too late to begin to date your spouse so that'd be my word of encouragement
0: yeah so Adam what's going on at embrace I, I'm on your website, and I'm going, uh-oh, he's doing podcasts that's comp- competing with me, which I don't
2: like. <laughs> no, Embrace, uh, we are in, stepping into a really wonderful season. i um, excited about this fall. Uh, fall is a time that we, just at any church, see a lot of people come back. Um, it's really away from Christmas and Easter. It's a wonderful chance mm-hmm. to invite people and so I'd encourage you, wherever you're at church-wise, this Sunday, re- before Sunday, email some people, reach out to some people, and invite them to come. Um, but we're, we just wrapped up a series called The Heart of Embrace, um, really talking about the unique heartbeat that God is, has given us. Um, we are a small part of the Big Capital C Church. And um, each church has its unique things that are uniquely different. Um, Jesus said, talked about the hand or the foot. Actually, it might have been the Apostle Paul, but talking about the difference of the hand from the foot and how we all make up the body of Christ. So we just got done sharing that um, series, really talking about our unique heartbeat is to reach the next person for Jesus and to really reach that person who maybe um, feels unlovable or outside of God's, God's love, Um, and is broken, maybe is hurting, Um, our hope is just to reach that person similar to the story of the prodigal son. So doing that, um, we now have uh, network churches, which has kind of been fun. So there's these little churches um, who end up joining us. They're still separate from Embrace, um, but they are now utilizing our message each week. So that's been something kind of cool. And then uh, this new series is called YouTube fails and Rabbit Trails. And we're talking about how we're quick to go to things in our lives, Uh, our phones, Internet, social media, YouTube videos, um, to try to fill ourselves in ways that only God uh, is meant to fill. And so kind of a fun series that we're kicking into. Um, I still can't believe I get to be a pastor of any church, not to mention Embrace. So. Um, it's it's exciting just to see what God is doing, and not just an embrace. It's been so cool to see what God is doing in so many different churches, just in the cities and Sioux Falls. I just continue to be blown away by what God is doing. So it's mm-hmm.
0: awesome. Well, a couple of things, Adam. A, I love that it's fall and you're fired up because that's a very important thing to reach out to the community, uh, be a friend, make a friend, lead that friend to Christ. And yeah. I also would encourage, uh, you know, everyone listening to um, do that, not 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 just people in at Adam's church, but everyone to reach out yeah. and, and make friends with people. And then also, this new series you're starting, uh, it sounds like we are so easily distractible, aren't we? We are. Um, hang on, I just got to check something on email her real quick. All right, done with that. Now, uh, I want to get back to our conversation we are are quick to uh, be led away from real relationships, and we end up going uh, digital instead of being face to face with people.
2: We are, and um it's it's kind of ironic that in the most connected time in world history that I truly believe we're the most disconnected we've ever been. And we have all kinds of relationships for for the most part, you know we have Facebook friends. People that we email, maybe even coworkers that work across the country and we, we message each day. But very often we have l- slim to none people that we can call and meet with and say, I'm struggling, I'm hurting, would you pray for me? Can we grab coffee? Um, just people that we're sharing, how's our, how our soul? Like, how's our relationship with Jesus? How's our marriage? And so we're so connected and yet so completely disconnected. I know even just um, in my circle of friends and in church world, um, this has been a really hard past 10 days ministry-wise. Um, some marriage has fallen apart. Um, I know of a guy who just recently took his life on Friday, um, some ca- cancer diagnoses. And I-, I think we are going through life so alone and lonely. There are mm-hmm. so many of us alone and lonely. And I just had a guy this morning um, say to me, it was kind of a wake up call. Um, He said, there's some people this week I know I need to touch base with and just say, hey, we haven't talked for a while, how are you? And can we meet for coffee and and just share? And I think whenever there's a crisis moment that you has, that kind of shakes up your world, it kind of reminds you of gosh, how, how am I touching base with people away from just a Facebook post and, and or, or do people know what's going on inside of me? And so that, that, I think that's a challenge for all of us. Or do you really have people, and making it a priority, um, the excuse of being too busy, we're all too busy, making relationships a priority with a handful of people, where it's like, no, we're, I'm going to find time to grab lunch with that person and talk about my relationship with Jesus and how my marriage is and ask the same questions to them. Um, I think it's just a good challenge for all of us to hear.
0: That's, that's beautiful and intentional, which I love.
2: Yes, we, we shouldn't just know about what vacations our friends went on because yes. they took pictures. Yes. We should we should know how are they doing away from the nice pictures on Facebook. How How are you doing? Can I pray for you? Yes. Can I be with you? Can I walk alongside this season of hardship with you?
0: Adam Weber is my guest. I'm going to take a little break, and when I come back, I pray he's still on the line. i will take a 90 seconds. Be right back. Welcome back to the show. My guest is Adam Weber, your pastor, lead pastor at Embrace Church in Sweet Falls. And uh, Adam, you know, we, right before we went to break, we were chatting about how important it is for us to be in contact with each other face to face. And I think, you know, uh, Satan being Mr. Opposite is he just takes the opposite of what God says. So if God says, I'll never leave you or forsake you, Satan says, you're going to be alone. No one's going to want to be with you. You're going to be alone your whole life. And that drives people into isolation and depression and hopelessness, which is exactly what Satan would want.
2: It, you, you said it perfectly. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he will use any angle possible. And so when we have those moments, maybe when we don't make the best decision, when our marriage isn't at a great place, when there's some things in our private life The moment that we should be reaching out for help, he's convincing us to be quiet. No one will understand. This will be the end of you. There's no coming (laughs) back from this. And that's the total total lie. And that's that's the lie. That's why our marriages end up falling apart, because we never raise the flag and say, we're struggling. I think that's a lot of times why people are hopeless and, and suicide becomes an option, because they're just convinced. Satan has convinced them that they're all alone. Um, that In those moments, we need to raise our hand. We need to raise the flag. And I can tell you through day-to-day ministry, even when it's the most ugly situation and truly the most hopeless situation or even embarrassing situation, to this day, I've never talked with a person that didn't say, I'm so thankful I told somebody. I'm so thankful I mm. let someone in. I'm so thankful I took off the mask, we took off the pretty front with our marriage and we told someone how we're doing. It's almost like in those moments, Satan has made it so dark in those moments, it's almost like we flipped the light switch on and all of a sudden Jesus brings truth and he brings grace and he brings reality and he begins to show hope in hopeless situations. And, and that, gosh, again, If there's a person or two that comes to mind to you that you're just like, gosh, they haven't seen like themselves lately, or I just haven't touched base, I couldn't encourage you enough to just reach out. And if that person is you, if you're listening, you're hopeless, you feel too broken, too far gone. I I just want to say as a brother in Christ, you're not too far gone. Jesus is not done with you yet. There is hope even in this situation. And if you tell one person, I would just be amazed if there wasn't a boatload of people who want to s- swim out and offer a lifeboat to you.
0: Is your preaching this good on Sundays? Cause this is good stuff.
2: <laughs> oh, I keep, I keep looking for a church that I need to check out and oh. attend or something like that. Cause the pastor <laughs> of mine, he, he kind of sometimes <laughs> is a little off his rocker.
0: <laughs> well, how do you, inc- I mean, I'm thinking of your last 10 days and it sounds brutal, Adam. I mean, there's been a lot of, difficulties challenges, and you know Jesus warned us there would be trouble, so how do you give a message of of hope to someone one on one who just got that diagnosis or has a marriage that's falling through because that's that represents a listener that's listening every day here on the show
2: i i um I think in that moment, I just tell them about God's love for them because mm-hmm. i I think in those situations we question our value and worth. So I tell him about how much God loves them. Um, I I just told my son this last night. I said, Hudson, we were on our way back. We had a parent um, thing for you that I was with him. And I said, Hudson, I am so proud of you. And I want you to know that on your worst day, that will never change. Mm. And he looked at me and he said, really? And I said, on your worst day, Hudson, your dad is still with you and i i think in those moments that's the first thing i just tell them is god loves you so much even in this he loves you so much and then i if if they're if they're kind of making some poor decisions i begin to just share the truth with them in a grace filled way about gosh we need to make some changes and 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 do you do you agree with making those changes like yeah I know I'm doing the wrong thing. I know this isn't right. And so offer them hope in that way, if they're kind of on the receiving end of something terrible, you know, maybe it's unfaithfulness in a, in a marriage or whatever, just begin to share hope with them and, and and not false hope. But no, I've seen marriages that seem to be over. Our God specializes in bringing dead things back to life. And I know he can do that right now. hmm. And, and I, I've seen God perform miracles, and I know that he can do that right now, even if those things don't happen, even if you fight for your marriage and it still comes to an end. Um, I just there is hope. Uh, he, he brings new life, and we're going to make it through because God, he is with us. In our lowest moments, that's when he carries us, and that's when he, he, he makes us strong. And so I, I think just in those moments— it, there's nothing greater than to tell them about Jesus. And even just, even some, I walked through a valley with someone recently who didn't, did not have a relationship with God. And I just, I just asked, do you have any kind of relationship with Jesus? And he said, I don't. And I said, um, I just want to invite you to come to church on a Sunday. Um, and in the meantime, can I, just, can I just tell you a few things about God? And in those moments, just to encourage you, our friends will be at, they'll be all ears. They're wanting to hear about Jesus. They're wanting to hear about his love and his grace and even his truth. And so that that's an, a wonderful opportunity to share those things.
0: Yeah, Adam, I don't want to admit to being a little bit of a crybaby, but when you were saying what you were saying to your son Hudson, I was kind of tearing up. That's beautiful. Because, you know, a young man goes out into the world in strength when he knows he's got his father's unconditional love. And you're separating uh. you're separating love from, for him from his behavior that he will do that you will not approve approve of from time to time?
2: Yes. With, particularly to my oldest, he, um, he, he he wants to do things perfect. He wants to make people happy and that end of things, and he's such a good kid. But I just want him to know just the same thing about how God views us. My love for you is separated from your—I'm putting this in quotes—your performance. You're, my love is separated from you being a good kid in, in school. And even even in his relationship with God, I never want him to equate my love or God's love with him doing all the right things. We, we love like God. We love like Jesus because we've been loved, not to earn it. We, we don't earn anything. It's freely given. And so even for him, I just want him to know, because the worst moments will happen. That's true for all of us. We'll make a mistake. We'll have a diagnosis we didn't see coming. Our, our our lives, they might appear to be all together. They're going to fall apart at some point. I just want him to know, and I'm almost preaching that myself when I, I, I'm talking to him. I just want him to know my love, and more importantly, God's love, it never changes.
0: It's a beautiful thing. And Adam, I, I always uh, walk away from our talks feeling that that God is so full of grace and so merciful and so loving. And, um, it's just a great reminder. You're a, you're a, you're a great minister of the word and just a great friend of faith radio.
2: Oh, I, I feel the exact same way about you. When I saw this on my calendar, I could not wait for it to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Good.
0: Good. And now we can both be glad it's over.
2: I feel
0: like we should hug right now. Yeah, I think we should. <laughs> I think we should. Well, I know you got a new book coming out, so we'll talk about that next time. How's that?
1: That sounds perfect.
0: All right. Adam Weber's been my guest, and you can go to Embrace Church and learn more about uh, Adam and his ministry of I, I- M- com. I- M- we'll take a short break, and we'll be back with more in just a minute.
1: Hi, I'm Ted Ross with the Faith in Life Minute. A good way to enhance your prayer life is to actually pray the Word of God. Here's well-known author and speaker Jennifer Kennedy Dean. When you let the promises of God, you let the Word of God, you're not just in the Word of God to look at what He might do for you in any given moment, your life. Soaks there. You marinate there in the Word of God, and His promises begin to take root in you, or, or sometimes I think of it as just putting on deposit. And then at the exactly right moment that the Lord wants to speak that promise, wants to jump it off the page and cause it to nest in your heart, there it is. And there's a difference between imposing on the Bible what you want it to say and letting the Word. Speak to you in a fresh and present voice. Learn more from Jennifer Kennedy Dean about praying God's promises at MyFaithRadio.com.
0: Thanks to Adam Weber. I always enjoy Adam. Vince Miller is in my studio. Looking forward to him. We're going to be chatting with him in the next half hour. He's got a very powerful men's ministry. going to hear all about what's going on in his life, in his world this fall, his travel schedule, and what he's hearing from men, what's word on the street as he's doing a lot of powerful ministry. Can't wait to chat with him. Say, if you have already heard that we're going to have a fantastic evening with my friend and Bible mentor Jeff Ferdorn, we're going to talk about parables. That is all planned and set for November 21st. It's a Thursday night, and if you go to myfaithradio.com, you can go right to the link right to uh, and get tickets for it. They, I believe, are, don't cost a thing. It's free. You can just sign up. We only have about 75 seats available, and I promise they will go fast. And uh, if you want to learn about the, more about the parables, I think it'll be a great night. There will be probably some cookies and coffee and uh, a nice long presentation by Jeff. We'll record what we do that night for the show. And then we'll also have some time for Q&A and some nice fellowship. It's going to be fantastic evening. starts at, uh, doors open at 6.30, starts at 7. And then we can uh, start right at 7 with Jeff. And if you've heard Jeff before on my show, you know he's a, not only a favorite of mine, but he's the one that has all the charts And if you've ever gotten one of his charts, you know how incredibly thorough they are.
2: I was going to ask the unaskable question. What is that? Which is, will there be charts?
0: If there are charts, he better (laughs) produce them so people can (laughs) leave with them in hand. Because uh, every time he comes on and he has a chart, I offer that to listeners and they uh, line up to get it. So it's usually good stuff.
1: It's always good stuff. And I can tell you that there will be lots of demand for this event. And like you said, it's free. We just ask that people register for tickets so we know kind of who's coming and when to to say we're full. But that they can go online right now to MyFaithRadio.com and just sign up there.
0: It's basically going to be an awesome night of Bible study. It's really what it is.
1: And who doesn't want that?
0: Who doesn't want that? Because I will be... I'll be sitting next to Jeff, I'm sure, but I'll have my notebook out taking notes like every other person when you're doing a great Bible study.
1: And you get the chance to have your question answered. So you have a month to yes. think about your questions about the parables and then come on November 21st and ask Jeff in person.
0: Yeah, it'll be a great night. So go to MyFaithRadio.com, check it out, get your name on the list so you can get a place, get a seat at the, uh, at the event. So we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we have uh, Vince Miller in studio, so we will... Uh, Be back in about a couple minutes.